Of all the many truly wonderful things about our Catholic faith, there is something that I really struggle with. I find it frustrating, it bugs me at different times, and this is it. I don't want to be a downer in the summer, but it's that we spend so much time talking about, reflecting upon, praying to God. Before the parents, ex-Sunday teachers, esteemed theologians write their angry letters to Father Trout. Just stay with me for a moment. We are Christians. We have a God, obviously. But if you're like me, it's God. Do you believe in God? Yes, I believe in God. Will God help you? Yes, God will help me. Will you pray to God in church? Yes, I'll pray to God in church. But what we celebrate today is the fact that for us Christians, that God is a trinity. Father, Son, and Spirit. And does that reality matter to us? I'll speak for myself, maybe not for you. I wish I could say that every time I refer to God, or admit that I believe in God, or am thankful for God in my life, that I'm really thinking about the unique and special qualities of Father, Son, and Spirit, and why they matter why they can be leveraged, so to speak, in very particular ways. That there aren't just sort of generic divine presences there. That reality really matters. And it can be a source of extraordinary comfort or hope or encouragement or correction when we're able to just sit down and sort of parse it out. So I want to give you a little hint of what I'm talking about just open up your worship aid. I know you all got one when you came in. It has the readings, right, beautifully proclaimed today. But look at the offertory song. It's on page four. Open my eyes. Spoiler alert to our cantor. You're going to be, they'll be singing extra beautifully. But it's a beautiful little song, Open My Eyes. And if you just kind of follow the trajectory, open my eyes, Lord, help me to see your face. Beautiful sentiment, right? Comes out of the Psalms, Lord, let me gaze upon your face. Then open my ears, Lord, help me to hear your voice. Makes perfect sense. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to see your face. Then open my heart. Well, the logical progression seemingly would be so that I can love you more fully. Open my heart, Lord, so that I can love you because I want to see you, I want to hear you, but that's not what the song says. Open my heart, Lord, so that I can love like you. Now, isn't that just over the top? Where do we get off saying, I want to love like you, Lord? We're just human beings. I want to see you, I want to hear you, but here's where the Trinity comes into play. This isn't some songwriter going over the top. This is Jesus himself. Love one another as I have loved you. As the Father loves me, so I love you. This is the Son telling us about the Father. This is why this song isn't just wishful thinking. It's literally a command that we are responsible for. I want to love like you, Lord. And that isn't just some nice truth. Think about what that looks like. When we're in the midst of a very difficult, challenging situation, I wish I could say, I love like you, Lord. 
Yes, it's like, it's not exactly with the Lord's love, but still, and is that what I aspire towards? When I look in the mirror and I see something that I'm not, I don't just mean my looks, there's plenty of reasons that, but when I look in the mirror and I see something and I'm reminded of something I'm ashamed of or embarrassed about or that I'd rather not have to face or bring out into the open, do I stop, hit the pause button and say, wait a minute, I want to love like you, Lord. I want to love myself. I want to love the other person who's involved in this embarrassment or disappointment or whatever it might be. Love one another as I have loved you. Okay, fine. If you just stop there, you've got the second person of the Trinity. Well, how do you love us, Jesus? Well, I love you as the Father has loved me. Well, okay. What's that like? And think of that self-sacrificial love that Jesus brings out to us. And how is that ever going to happen? How? I mean, does that just happen because I listen extra closely to Jesus or I, I read the Gospels extra carefully? All that great human effort is pretty wonderful. But as you saw it right there in our readings for today, it's where the Holy Spirit comes in. And Jesus says, look, you're going to understand what I'm saying to you. You're going to realize that it's an actual possibility. It's something you can actually make happen if you receive. It's not human effort. When you receive the Holy Spirit, not only will this make more sense to you as a possibility, but it matters. Grace matters. It's not just us tugging on our own bootstraps. And now put all that together, and yes, you have the core of our beautiful faith. But as I said, I wish I could say that when I'm having a tough day, and I simply say, oh God, please help me, or oh Lord, please let me know your love. Do I say it with the confidence of, I want to love the way Jesus loved. And I can love the way Jesus loved. Because the Holy Spirit isn't just some sort of general suggestion. And there's where the beautiful sacraments in our Catholic tradition come in. The grace we receive, the pouring down of the Holy Spirit at our baptism that doesn't weaken or go away. Whether or not you've got your COVID boosters, you'll never get a booster for your baptismal grace. That's with you for all of your life. But we need to access it, right? We need to receive it. We need to cooperate with it. And that's why we have feast days like today. That's why we make the sign of the cross. That's why the Trinity is everywhere in our language if we stop to reflect on it. And the way we receive it or cooperate with it, it's by acting out these sacraments the way that we do. We don't just read about them. We get up and we go to them. Babies don't just accidentally stumble into the baptismal font. At least I hope they don't. They're brought there as an act of love. Somebody cared an awful lot for them to be there. That's what this looks like. That's what the baptismal grace of the parents and godparents and grandparents, as they live that out, it looks like I want to bring this child, not just to some random font, but in a parish, in a community, in the church. We receive the Eucharist. Yes, the Holy Spirit transforming to the body and blood of Christ in the love of the Father who delights in us, as that first reading told us. But we don't just get that by sitting at home and thinking about it. We're brought here together. 
Never in the history of St. Joseph's and never in the history again will this same group of people be brought together in this way. Think about that. Every time you go to a Mass, at least in a big parish, there's something unique. You've never been there and you've never done that as we are here doing this now. And that's what this Trinitarian grace looks like, which enables us to love like Christ. Sacrament of Reconciliation. Maybe it's been a while since you've experienced that beautiful sacrament. And I think sometimes one of the problems is people say, well, why do we need God to forgive my sins? Or why do I need to go to confession for God to forgive my sins? God can forgive my sins anytime. So let the Trinity seep into that sacrament the relational quality of our humanity. The Trinity screams out, God in his very essence is relational. So when you celebrate, when you enter into the sacrament of reconciliation, think of how relational that is. It's not the priest who's doing it, but we enter into that grace through a personal conversation, through a face-to-face encounter knowing that there's something there which is much bigger than our mutual shared humanity. And on and on, you can do that with all the sacraments. For those of you who are married, think of your wedding day. Any couple that I've known who entered into a sacramental marriage and can think about that day, there is something more than just all the worry and effort that went into the celebration and are we prepared? Do we have these tales, details taken care of? So, just as a little spiritual exercise, as we gather today on the Feast of the Holy Trinity, the next time you find yourself talking about God or talking to God or praying for God to do this or that, again, just stop, take a breath, and say, wait a minute, I'm a Christian. I know something about this God that the ancient worshipers of a divine power didn't. I know this God is a trinity of Father, Son, and Spirit. So if I feel delighted in, that's the delight of the Father. We don't always feel delighted in by the caregivers we've grown up with. We know that. So if I want that delight, it's from the Father. If I want to know that I'm not limited by my failings, I'm not defined by those things I've tried that haven't quite worked out, I've got the wonderful transcendence of Jesus in his Paschal mystery. He's not defined by the death on the cross. And if that all sounds really nice, but it ain't applying to me, then that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Not just that we can understand it, but we can begin to get a taste of it. And so work the relationships that God has given you. Who are the people in your life that you deeply trust? Who are the people in your life that you've let in to your heart and you've invited to receive your heart? Now bring the Holy Spirit into that. Do it through prayer, do it through the sacraments. But I promise you, there's a reason why this Trinity is so central to our faith. It's meant something for 2,000 years, and it'll go on into the future. But don't let today just be another opportunity to say, yep, Father, Son, Spirit, check those boxes. I guess that's who God is. And now I'll go on and pray to God. We've got three persons, put them all to work.